are Locked On Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Sun Devil fans, it is a Wednesday edition of the Locked On Sun Devils podcast. Today, we're going to be talking a little bit more about Spencer Rattler. Now, I know what you're thinking. We talked about him literally like the last part of yesterday's episode, and I get that. But now that Spencer Rattler has officially declared, Arizona State is now the betting odds favorite to be the landing spot for Spencer Rattler. So we're going to break that down just a little bit more. We also haven't talked about Lincoln Riley heading to USC to be their new head coach. What does that mean for the ASU Sun Devils, their football team, going forward? And then lastly, we're going to talk about the preview of the Wazoo game for the ASU basketball team. You're listening to the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. Thank you so much for making us your first <coughs> listen every single day. Remember, you can find both of us on Twitter. And by both of us, I mean my co-host, Richie Bradshaw, who is back in office today. Kind of, sort of. Like, my voice is very, very hoarse still. But, I mean, feeling 100%, just waiting for my voice to get back. You heard it, or you potentially heard it. But either way, you can find us on Twitter. You can find me at Cedrios. And always, as always, I should say, you can find Richie at Richie Brads with a Z36. We also have a Twitter page for the Locked on Sun Devils. That's at LO underscore Sun Devils. And we have content that comes out Monday through Friday. That's going to come out on the Spotify app, the Odyssey app, Google Podcasts, or Apple Podcasts, or wherever else you get your podcast. Richie, I- I've talked a little bit about your health over the last couple of days, just saying that you'd be back. I know our listeners are dying to hear more from you. How are you doing, my friend? I'm good. Like I said, still working on getting my voice back. So I do sound like prepubescent teen that I that I teach every single day. But b- biggest thing is I'm healthy and I'm feeling good. So Well, you lost your voice. Well, did you check where you left it last? I, I tried, and unfortunately it wasn't in my back pocket. Hmm. But Did you check the washer? I did not check the washer. Well, there you have it. Richie should have his voice back by tomorrow if he just checked where he left it last. Yeah. But if you listen to yesterday's podcast, which I'm sure you did, we talked about Spencer Rattler, or at least I say I should, I should, I talked about Spencer Rattler. Dude, did you see the news today about him potentially becoming, or not potentially, he is the odds on favorite to be the next Arizona State quarterback. Yeah. And I, I spoke with, um, I'm not going to call him a source, I spoke with our good friend. Uh, Donnie Druin about the situation, excuse me, and he had some interesting things to say about it that I am not at liberty to put on the podcast. Connor, I will tell you off mic, but we'll put it on Twitter, right? Oh, of course. But that that's when Mr. Druin finds that it is appropriate to put out there, but it is very interesting and it really, really seems like it's all but pen dried on the paper that Rattler is going to be a Sun Devil. Which is great. Like it's definitely exciting. I think we. I, I looked a little bit at uh, both Jaden and Spencer's stats. Like they're they're just very different quarterbacks. Jaden obviously offers quite a bit more upside with his leg versus Spencer. Uh, just it is the bit bit better of a passer. I should say a bit. Like he, he's gotten a lot more potential or uh, opportunity. I should say in the games that he has played. Uh, but efficiency wise, like in terms of like his yards per attempt, not that different touchdowns, definitely a little, a little bit different per game. Uh, but I, I think you and I can both agree that Spencer Rattler here as a passer would do wonders for this team. So initial thoughts, do you think he's going to have to sit out a year? Like uh, I, I think we can both claim that we're not experts per se on how the, the transfer rules work. So even if he is coming to this team, that's great. One, one of two scenarios play out in my head. 
One is that he comes here for this year. Uh, Jaden comes for his senior season. He plays that out, and then he potentially moves on to the NFL, depending on how that season goes. That that could be all well and good. Or Spencer Rattler comes here this season. He plays in 2022, and Jaden Daniels would, I would assume, transfer somewhere else. Well, and the the first situation that you brought up, the first scenario, that uh, <clears throat> like a, a couple months ago when the Spencer Rattler uh, speculation about transferring it first popped up, and I said that Arizona State could be interested. Dude, we were almost joking about that, I feel like. It's somewhat serious, but like, a, <laughs> wouldn't it be funny if we got Spencer Rattler in the desert? I mean, you're not wrong, but if you remember, my perfect scenario was he comes here, he has to sit out a year, Jaden plays a senior year, and then we transfer immediately to Rattler. Now, is that the perfect scenario? Would you not rather have Rattler on the team next year playing quarterback? Well, the other thing that went into that quote-unquote perfect scenario was with the assumption that Jaden Daniels was going to get better, and unfortunately, that was not the scenario that played out, and now we're looking at replacing him potentially but looking at the transfer rules and the little bit that I do understand is he would need some kind of a waiver in order for Rattler to be eligible for the first year that he would come to Arizona State and I don't know what kind of waiver he would apply for because not getting the playing time that he wants definitely doesn't apply this isn't a grad transfer this isn't a red shirt transfer this isn't an injury transfer this isn't a transfer from a junior college this is, I mean, they might be now with Lincoln Riley out. Yeah, but I mean, th- this is just a straight transfer, and there, there's no there's no evidence behind the scenes to insinuate that there was something going on that would cause Rattler to transfer, other than he got benched because he wasn't playing good. So I think this is one of those situations where, unfortunately, for Rattler, he would have to sit out a year. But the good news is that that benefits a lot of different parties for. For starters, that would help Arizona State begin to transition their offense into something that's going to be more pass-heavy because Jaden Daniels being a runner and this offense being run first, that is not Rattler's strength. Rattler is athletic, but he's not a guy who's going to rush for 500 yards in one year. They'll have to make a transition and recruit players who are going to fit a scheme more around Rattler's strengths, which is stretching the ball out. And I know that uh, coordinator Zach Hill is going to be able to call a better game plan and get back to a more spread offense that we were more used to seeing during the Mike Bercovici's and the Taylor Kelly's of the world. It's just, it's not the hardest thing to adjust your scheme. It is going to be difficult to get players back into the system and, and just totally switching mentalities, Connor. You're going from run heavy to was a spread offense. It, it's not going to be easy. So that that's probably the biggest obstacle that you're going to face with bringing Rattler into Tempe is you just got to switch up your philosophies, at least if you want to set up Rattler for success. Like I said, Rattler's athletic. He can move in the pocket. No one's questioning that. But he's not running for big chunks. He's not getting a lot of rushing touchdowns and He's not he's not rushing for 40, 40 yards a game, let alone the 60 to 70 that Jaden was getting on a almost weekly basis. Yeah, I, I think when I was looking yesterday, he had like 260 and 
Well, he did he start as a freshman? I don't remember. No, was he behind so Kyler? He, he, no, he was behind Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts, that's right. And then he would have played all. I think he played eleven games last year in the COVID season, and then he played most of the games this year, but obviously being benched to Caleb Williams at some point. And then didn't he take over the starting job again, like late, late in the season? Maybe? No, so he just he had come out multiple times because Caleb Williams, like just like everyone should have known, was going to struggle at times because. Caleb, I believe, is a freshman. If not, then he's a sophomore with like no experience. Yeah. yeah. So, I, I mean, he was going to struggle, and Rattler had the experience. So that's why Rattler would come back in. And he he did have some pretty significant reps down the stretch for the Sooners. But, it, it, sorry, the, the, the <laughs> I'm stumbling on my words. Timeout. Halftime. Timeout. <laughs> exactly. The, the point of the matter is, Rattler's future in Oklahoma is done. That's why he's transferring. He's he's wanting to go to a program where he can start right away, and that's Arizona State. Now, th- this is going to be another conversation that we're going to have if if this becomes officially official. Because right now, it, it like I said, it feels like the only thing that's missing is the ink dried on the paper. Right. But if this becomes officially official, um, we're going to first of all do a whole podcast about Spencer Rattler because that is a whole podcast because that news is more than good enough to thoroughly dissect. But one of the things we'll have to talk about is did Spencer make the right decision? Because there are other places such as a Mississippi state where you go to the sec and you go to a pass heavy offense and Mike Leach. I mean, I feel like that should have been number one priority. But if, if it's not, I think when I was looking at the odds, Mississippi State might even be two or three. So Right. So, so that, that's neither here nor there. That That's a conversation to have in the future. Yep, definitely. So um, it, what's interesting that you bring up about the spread offenses is that I don't think ASU has the, to, to just use this term, like horses to run that kind of offense right now. But at the same time, if they don't have the running backs that they have in Rashad White and Chip Trainum and they don't have the bodies they think to run that, that run-heavy offense... It kind of leaves you in this rock and a hard place situation. Now, if he does have to sit out a year, that does, like you said, give some time for some incoming freshmen, potentially some uh, some transfer players to come in and be able to help you run that offense. Having Rattler, if he does come to ASU, that potentially could be your saving grace with a lot of talent leaving your team. If there are some other guys that think, I want to go play at ASU, I want to play with Spencer Rattler, uh, and for what will be his last season, potentially, uh, before he goes to the NFL, uh, there might be a couple guys we can sneak in to essentially upgrade our receiving core, right? We have guys like Curtis Hodges that are leaving, uh, as well as like Brian Thompson. I, I don't know of any others off the top of my head. But you know it, lo- it was a very young receiving core. Andre Johnson was a freshman. Chad Johnson Jr., who didn't get on the field hardly at all this year, was a so- uh, retro freshman, excuse me. Um, Ricky Pearsall's junior. That was the one thing that we were very excited about is – it was a very, very young receiving core, which is maybe part of the reason why the passing attack wasn't there this year. It's because they got they need to gel more together. But point of the matter, it that is the one bright side, Connor, is it is a young core. There's just not a face right now. Yep, definitely agreed. So we'll, we'll see how that all comes together. In a matter of just 24 hours, we had talked about Spencer Rattler committing to the tra- – or I should say just entering the transfer portal. It's now ASU potentially being his favorite landing spot. We'll see how that goes, but when it does, we'll, we'll definitely be able to, we'll be talking about that much more on this podcast uh, with definitely a lot more excitement, I think, than maybe Jaden Daniels has brought to this team over the last couple of seasons. So to stick with us uh, in a little bit 
in a little bit, we're actually going to be talking about Lincoln Riley heading to USC. We haven't had a chance to just break that down. But what does that mean for this ASU football team and their chances of winning the Pac-12 South moving forward? You're listening to the Locked On Sundowns podcast. All right, college football fanatics, have you heard about Prize Picks? Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love this, and I know you will too. Prize Picks is a leader in college sports daily fantasy. They offer more college football props than anyone in the world and offers all the star players of the Power Five, as well as mid major players you might not have even heard of. Prize Picks offers any prop you can think of from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. Here's how it works you're going to use that promo code LOCKED ON, and all users that use this code will receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. You're going to pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. And here's the thing, it's just you versus their projected numbers. PricePix also allows mixed sports entries. So you can take the over on LeBron, combined with the under on Mahomes in the exact same entry. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. PricePix is safe and offers fast withdrawals. So don't hesitate, check out prizepix.com and use that promo code LOCKEDON or go to your app store and download the app today. PrizePix is daily fantasy made easy. If you heard the news, Lincoln Riley is now going to be the new head coach of the USC Spartans. What does that, what does that do for ASU? Like, where, As a fan, what were you doing when you heard that news? I'm asking the audience in general. I'm asking Richie. Because I got to be honest, like the future for the Pac-12 South it looks incredibly unstable for ASU. Yes, we had talked about Spencer Rattler. Getting him would be all well and good. By the way, I meant to add uh, a little bit earlier in the podcast, the, the one chance that Rattler might get to play this year, which would still technically happen the following year, but that is an absolute ratings game, hashtag Pac-12 after dark Rattler versus Riley uh, for benching him, because that would totally, totally be a game that people would want to watch. But regardless of that, Lincoln Riley, one of the hottest names as far as coaches go in college football, goes to one of ASU's biggest rivals, what are we supposed to do with that? Real quick, that's not Pac-12 after dark. That is college football primetime Fox Network. Lincoln Riley versus Spencer Rattler, that's a nationally broadcast game. You would hope. <clears throat> I mean, exactly, you would hope. And almost to the circumstance of like regardless of where these two teams stand, that's one of those games where the narrative is just such a driving force. That's when you get early in the season. That's that's week four right there, where you uh, the the moment you start Pac-12 play, that's the game you advertise to kick off your season. <clears throat> Excuse me. So my thoughts though on Lincoln Riley coming, dude. I'll, I'll tell you that it's it's almost a death sentence to everyone in the Pac-12 chances to win the division. And it certainly will place USC towards the top, if not at the top, of the favorites to win the Pac-12. Lincoln Riley is an offensive mastermind. And he's going to an offense that has some pieces in place with Jackson Dart there. I I would be surprised if Keaton Slovis didn't transfer. <clears throat> because I think that Dart is just head and shoulders a much better athlete and a better option for them to use the quarterback position. And while I think it would be smart for him to go to the draft, Connor, you can't tell me that it wouldn't be even a little bit enticing for Drake London to want to return, considering the season he was having, and now get to play with Lincoln Riley. That That is something that you seriously consider and go from being a fringe first-round pick to potentially wide receiver one 
in the 2023 class. I was going to say that that's just a conversation he's going to have to have with his agent and decide what what is it worth if I can go get a solid contract. Well, he doesn't have an agent yet. He's got to hire one for the draft. So right now, that's that's family, coaching, friends. I mean that that's that's a personal decision. That's not a money decision. Uh, well, even if he doesn't talk to his agent, I think that's still a money decision. But but regardless, that's that's another topic. So I the power of Lincoln Riley. He's already, I think USC just recently had a quarterback decommit from them, uh, Devin Brown, who's going to be an incoming freshman in 2022. I'm trying to look for the name right now as we speak, uh, but the incoming quarterback for Oklahoma for 2022 decommitted and is now going to USC following Lincoln Riley. That is the the power that he has. Uh, off the top of my head, I know he was like the number two ranked quarterback in the nation. How long has he been the head coach? For like less than a week, three, four, five days? But... We have so much more time until the 2022 season, and you know there's going to be so many more of those moves being made. Like, I, in one sense, you're almost looking at ASU competing with themselves. How can we, what are our projections going to be? What can we do? How can we exceed those? And you're almost playing for second place at this point. It just doesn't, I don't want to say it doesn't feel fair because that's not how life works. Like, ASU should have been doing this a while ago. They should have gotten better coaching. They should have gotten better recruits, right? So, Everything is, is totally fair, but with Lincoln Riley at USC, it just feels like there's absolutely no hope for this team. Well, here here is something to chew on that's playing devil's advocate. <clears throat> Tell me the best players to come out of Oklahoma recently. You'll notice a trend. Kyler Murray. Transfer. Baker Mayfield. Transfer. Jalen Hurts. Transfer. Uh, <clears throat> uh, uh, Joe Mixon probably was probably too soon. He, he, was, um, he was just before Lincoln, but... Mark Andrews. Hollywood Brown, C.D. Lamb. I can do this all day. Actually, I'm out of names. Recruit from Bob Stoops. Recruit from Bob Stoops. Recruit from Bob Stoops. Lincoln has not had the time to really digest whether or not these guys are truly products of him or products of one of the greatest college football coaches of all time or products of transfer. The point is... And and I mean, look at look at Oklahoma the last two years. Now that we've really started to see his guys come in, they're a very solid team, but they are not national title contenders. They didn't even they didn't even win the conference this year. <clears throat> devil's advocate to the devil's advocate, Kyler Murray, Baker Mayfield, and Jalen Hurts all played their best college football under Lincoln Riley because he's a great coach. Agreed. The question is: Is he a is he a guy who can build a program? Because we we saw that he's able to harness all the talent that's available to him, which is why I'm saying from day one is that, like, like, let's say best case scenario is Drake London does come back and he's got Drake London and... Who is that best case scenario for? For for USC. Okay, because so, I, I didn't like that scenario at all. I mean, I don't either, but Drake London, Jackson Dart... And the rest of that offense, I mean, it doesn't even matter who it is at that point, but that's that's a Bolitnikoff finalist right there. And he could easily turn Jackson Dart into a Heisman contender. So from day one, USC would be contending again. But then three, four years down the road, now we have to see, now as recruits are coming in, what's the verdict going to be? Because now that we saw Oklahoma is like a, like a middle-of-the-pack national team. Obviously, they're favorites in their conference, but when it comes to national title contending, which is what Oklahoma has been in for the last 10-plus years, 
<coughs> excuse me, they've been middle of the pack. So, and, and now he's gone. So now we truly don't get to find out if he was everything and, and everything that we thought he was going to be in a bag of chips. Let, let me just ask you this. Like I, we're trying to look at this from a different angle, honestly, to try to make ourselves feel a little bit better. It is a fair question, and it's one we're not going to have an answer to for three, four, five years. That being said, would you like that bag of chips on your team? Yes. And like I said, day one, they are the Pac-12 favorites. Easily. Hands down, not close. They just they could glide through the conference. Like, the only one that can compete is, is obviously Oregon, but it's basically those two and literally everybody else. Well, and let's see what happens to Oregon now that they're going to lose their whole offense. Johnny Johnson's gone. Uh, Travis Dye is gone. CJ Verdell is gone. Anthony Brown is gone. Uh, Kayvon Thibodeau is gone. They're going to lose a lot. So easily USC head and shoulders. And don't get me wrong, that's not a great roster. Is this an ad for head and shoulders? No, <laughs> I wish. Okay. This, this isn't a great USC roster. But it's one that can get the most coached out of it. And like we had talked about, people are going to transfer to USC because of the name Lincoln Riley. It's a name that's going to put a lot of fear into ASU fans over the next couple seasons. Hopefully, we're right on the latter portion and that he is just a great coach and not necessarily a great program builder. Stick with us for the rest of the podcast. We're going to be talking about ASU and previewing their game against Washington State on Wednesday night. You're listening to the Locked on Sun of podcast. BetOnline has you covered all season long with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. As football season continues the march to the playoffs, BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. I don't know about you guys, but around Thanksgiving, I was talking to a lot of my family about the podcast and how it's been going over the last couple months. One of the talking points, though, was BuiltBar.com. We've been talking about protein bars and trying to find out which one is the right one for you. But with so many flavors, it's honestly hard choosing which one's the right one. But take it from me, they have a great list, which includes raspberry, mint brownie, cherry, double chocolate, and even cookies and cream. Built Bar gives you that extra fuel you need to bust down those mall doors and battle all the holiday shoppers this season. Or if you're just standing in endless shopping lines, Built Bar can give you that extra something you need to keep going. So throw one in your jacket or purse, you never know when you're going to need it. Because it's a season of peace and love, don't bring up your favorite Built Bar flavor at family parties. People are so passionate about their favorite flavors, they'll fight over it, and things can get out of hand. Want to cozy up with something warm? Here's a holiday secret. Dip your Built Bar into a piping hot cup of cocoa and let it melt and give your beverage a bit of Built Bar flavor. Plus, you'll have a nice melty Built Bar to go with it. Be sure to have a cup of napkins on hand. Like some of those marshmallowy treats around the holidays, you'll need to get your hands on Built Bar Puffs. They're light, fluffy, and marshmallowy through and through. Different flavors, all covered in chocolate, taste so good, you won't believe that they're filled with protein. Go to BuiltBar.com right now and use that promo code LOCK15 and get 50% off your order. Again, use that promo code LOCK15 for 50% off at BuiltBar.com. Welcome back for the last part of the podcast today. Now we're going to be previewing ASU basketball's upcoming game against Washington State. I talked a little, uh, a little bit about it on yesterday's podcast, but now we're going to talk a little bit more about their actual roster and what ASU's chances look like for this game. 
Uh, Richie, I'm not quite sure if the betting odds just aren't released yet, but it looks like ASU is actually favored, or it's even closer to like a pick 'em on most like betting websites that I'm looking at. So, well, Connor, I mean, if you really think about it, we we've been in most of these games, it and seems we've like made you're not it really about close. It and I mean, honestly, we're who throws a shoe? I, I have no idea. But Marcus Bagley, I know, is not going to be in this game. Not a great start for this ASU team. Even though they get to play the game at home, they have had some contributors this year. Like they're they're not devoid of talent. It just seems like there's there's no continuity to this team. Um, I had talked on yesterday's podcast about how they seem to play so well in the first half. Or I shouldn't even say so well, but how they are very competitive in those first halves. And several games in a row, mostly in that battle for Atlantis tournament, they are absolutely letting teams just run all over them for the last like uh, three, four, five minutes of that half. But you're getting contributors from like DJ Horn, Kamani Lawrence, and Marcus Bagley who are averaging over 10 points a game. The problem is Marcus Bagley's only played in three of these games so far. Yes, you have Horn and Lawrence, but they've honestly been a little bit up and down. Same thing can be said about uh, Luther Muhammad and Marion Jackson. You're you're getting production, but not when you need it the most. No, and, and it, that's the most frustrating thing, right? Is they come out of the gates and they look competitive. I mean, they gave Baylor hell for a, a good chunk of the first half and just completely fell off. Man, <clears throat> excuse me. It just, it's a frustrating team, Connor, because it feels like this should be a team that's competing for a tournament spot, competing for the top half of the Pac-12, and routinely giving teams fits and staying in games. But instead, they're... They're playing too close against teams that they should be killing. And then they just look totally lost otherwise. And blame it on all sorts of different things. Part of it is the terrible shooting from from behind the three. I mean, if if Marion Jackson never attempted another three-point shot in my life, it would still be too soon. Because it's just ugh, beyond frustrating. And it's not like the rest of the team's bringing up the slack either. DJ Horn has been far and away the best player on this team. And that's not that's not a knock at all. It's just we weren't highlighting him going into this year as one of the guys to watch. And he's had to step up. And he has. And he's done awesome. And I want to see more of him for the remainder of the season. I hope we find a way to keep him on the court for as, as many minutes as possible. But no one else has been bringing their A game. And that's where... That that's where this team gets separated from the rest of its competition. Is no one has been able to 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 step up to where DJ Horn is playing and give Arizona State more than just one guy who's balling out on the court for forty minutes. It might be Kamani Lawrence, but that's that's about it. But I I will retract that. Kamani has been a stud. I I retract that. But you can't. It's on the podcast yeah. forever. Cut it. Oh, we can't do that. Delete it. Nope. The next, whole thing. We're next, starting over. Next, we have a. So Washington State does have a solid trio at the top uh, in terms of like scores for this team. Tyrell Roberts, Noah Williams, and Michael Flowers, all guards that they have averaging over 13 points a game. It seems to fall off a little bit, making this team potentially a little bit more top-heavy. Um, as a team, they're shooting okay uh, behind the three-point range. They're shooting 34.2%. As a reference, as we were talking about earlier, I think ASU is somewhere a little over 32%, like 32.5%, maybe just over that or something like that. Uh, but overall, free throw percentage isn't bad at 76.3 as a team, and their uh, field goal percentage at 46.9. So it seems like as long as they, I shouldn't say as long as they can stop, because 
with several scores on this team for Washington State, you can't shut down Roberts, Williams, and Flowers all at once. But what we need to see from this ASU team, especially especially as Pac-12 play is kicking in, they have to be able to be competitive, right? Everything they've done up to this point does not matter. Does it probably depict who this ASU team is going to be this season? Yeah, yeah, it probably does. Are, are they going anywhere? As of right now, no, they're not. And even if they do win this one game, this one game against Washington State, I'm not going to change my tune on them. But tell you what, it has to be done one game at a time, right? And that starts with this first game in conference play. Getting that win and being 1-0 would shoot you essentially from like 10th or 11th where they're currently at in the Pac-12, <laughs> essentially towards the top of maybe teams who even haven't played their uh, their conference games yet. So big, big turning point here for ASU. They have an opportunity to turn around what's been a very disappointing season so far. The, the biggest thing here, Connor, is it's the kickoff to Pac-12 play. These are the games that are really, really going to matter. And honestly, if, if you look at the first few games that Arizona State has played, it doesn't feel like any of them have been must-wins. Like, don't get me wrong, the first three games, you, you needed to win them because you needed to start off 3-0 and have some momentum. You needed to give Baylor a fight, and you needed to give Syracuse, <clears throat> needed to give Syracuse a fight. But you didn't, and it just it is what it is. But from here on out, you can't lose these games. Unfortunately, you could have had uh, your dog flapping ears in the background, but you could have had... You could have had a really nice cushion going into this game and potentially have been what we've played six games, so like five and one in a, in a best they, case scenario. I think they played seven. I think they're two and five because they played. That's right. Yes. So you could have been five and two or six and one best case scenario coming into this game and riding a high and riding, riding on top of the world and feeling incredibly confident in yourselves. And instead, you're coming into this game and. It honestly it, it feels like you're kind of dragging yourself to the finish line. Like, this is not a team that's ready to compete right now. And I don't have a lot of faith. And that's really upsetting. And I hope they turn around and maybe Pac-12 play is... And maybe this is the season turnaround that we're waiting for. But un- unfortunately, I'm just going to kind of hold my breath until that happens. And don't get me wrong, I'm going to continue watching this team because I love this team. But I'd be lying to you if I told you that I am looking with very high expectations for the remainder of the year. It's going to be a game-to-game thing for me. Definitely. So we'll see how this game against Washington State goes. Uh, Again, opportunity for them to almost ignore what's happened so far this season. They need to be able to get off on a hot start and and just play smart against their their Pac-12 competition. Ideally, they can just make a push and be better than what we expect them to be right now, which so far has been pretty disappointing. So thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Uh, again, you can find us on Twitter. You can find me at C Drios. You can find Richie at Richie Brads with a Z36. Make sure to follow our Twitter page. That's uh, Locked on Sun Devils. That's at LO underscore Sun Devils. We also have content that comes out Monday through Friday. You can find us on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the Odyssey app, or wherever else you get your podcasts. But thank you so much for making Locked on Sun Devils your first listen every day. Make sure to come back for the Thursday edition of the podcast. We'll be uh, recapping what happened against Washington State and some more news for this ASU football team. Now make your second listen, Locked on Bets. They're going to be your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms.